Wow, Matt. Fellow adventurers. Okay, we've got no microphone this time, so audio quality may be down a little bit. But, nevertheless, we're in Warfoot. We are on the web. We are at the Wedgate Inn. And we're doing an adventure called The Brothers. At the request of Eurith Ironhaft, you make your way to Decaying Farm on the outskirts of Warford. Let us begin. This could be normal or scaled. I'll do it normal. Here we go. This is another one with multiple plat paths to completion, but you'll see just one of them here. You want to see more? Well, you'll have to play yourself. And of course, if you scroll down and see how Zoop did it, you'll probably get another word. Or maybe the same word. Who knows? When Yorif suddenly waves to you from across the crowded common room, you excuse yourself from the group of patrons with whom you've been conversing and make your way over to the elder Iron Half-Brother. After nervously glancing over Zin's fond interior, he ushers you into a small room at the back of the building and closes the door. There, in a room cluttered with empty crates, broken chairs and heaps of sacks, the tall, thin man addresses you, his voice bearing an unmistakable earnestness. I hope you don't consider this a bit too forward, he says nervously. But I've got... got something... But I have something that is... Something has come up. Something that, that could... I need your help! Speaking swiftly and quietly, Orif tells you that both his inn and Warford at large have been the tar targets of troublesome mischief from a pair of brothers whose farm sits on the outskirts of Warford. It's the Teldare lads, he says, unable to hide his disdain for their name. Ever since old Teldare passed on, his sons have been nothing but a blight on Warford and some other places. They were most recently accused of taking Sidlon Vestrid's old dog Topper right off his farm. There's never any proof to be had, of course. And Sidlon and the others are too polite to play matters. Well, I'm not. And I make it worth your while to make, make that plain to the Teldares. Over... Several mugs of steaming and somewhat overcooked payload. Yurik relates to you the numerous recent incidents involving Eldwin and Aldbog Teldare. You learn that following the death of their father, a kind and generous man beloved in and around Warfoot, the brothers Teldare had evolved into a surly, drunken pair. Brash, violent, quick to anger. They've made a nasty reputation for themselves, as you're shaking his head. I like to think that old Wynne, their father, can see what's become of them. They're always trouble, mind. It's become unbearable since they've been on, been on their own. The old man, feeble as he was at the end, was the only voice they heeded. It's a shame. Nothing else can be said about it. 
Europe describes to you in great detail several recent episodes in which the tell dares bullied, harassed and tormented patrons of the inn and residents in and around the village. You almost took my word to them, he says. They laughed and told me to watch myself. My brother dismissed it readily enough, but theirs was no idle regret. Things are getting worse. It has to be stopped. You ask you what it is he's asking you to do. He first seems reluctant to come on and say to it. I want to be careful about how I put it, he said. These sort of things can be taken the wrong way if one isn't careful. Ruth opens the doors and peers out across the common room. He watches as his gaze falls upon his brother Jared on the far side of the crowded hall. The lighting seems to bring him some measure of relief. He sighs and then closes the door and turns back to you. I'm asking you to send a clear message to the Teldem brothers, he says. His voice lowering as he mentions their name. Whatever it is, whatever it takes, short of, well, you know, permanently harming them. Talk to them, maybe rough them up a bit. I doubt they could give you any sort of trouble, at least not anything you can't handle. They need to know that there are consequences for the trouble they get up to. For the people they hurt. For a moment, Yuri falls silent. He places his hands on his hip and shakes his head. Topper was the last bit I was willing to tolerate, he says, referencing Sildan Vestred's missing dog. Sidlan's a peaceable sort. His farm is white up. His farm is white up against the Teldair blade. Nothing else. Those gnats need to answer for that dog. Sildan's heart is broken over all this. It's beyond any doubt. Yorif tells you that he's willing to pay you 500 gold to convince the brothers to mend their ways. Convinces in quotation marks. I did finger quotes, but of course you can't see them. So I can agree, ask him why he's willing to pay, or decline the task. Of course, decline the task means we don't have an adventure, so we're not going to do that. So ask him why he's willing to pay. Yorif admits to you that his reasons for wanting to tell Dare's debt were partly selfish, but he's quick to point out the whole region would be better off for it. It started to have an effect on business, he says. Folk don't want to come in here and face the chance of having to deal with them. Well, there's more to it than that. As I said, the disappearance of old Topper was what finally drove me over the edge. Sidlon doesn't have much left. But he had Topper! And now... He doesn't. The older Iron Half falls silent for a moment. Then, in a hushed tone, even lower than the ones he's what lower than the ones he's just employed, he again speaks. I'm honestly surprised Topper's head hasn't turned up at Sidlan's door. Door, he says. That's the sort of 
that's the sort these lad those lads are. That's the sort of thing they inflict upon everything around them. Okay, I'm gonna I can agree to visit the Teldare Blovers or decline the task. Well, I've got a dog to save. If there's anything left of it to save. Upon your acceptance of the task, Yarlov meets you on a shuttle cross. He then describes for you the location of Teldare's farm and tells you you'll have your payment ready when you return. Just your Remember to watch yourself at all times, he says, his tone suddenly grim. Those lads are capable of anything. I'm not certain that they'll look to challenge you too much, but it's hard to say. They're the old father watch over you while you're up that way. Olaf again reminds you that he wishes for the Teldares to have it made plain to them that they're on Koof. Violent ways will no longer be tolerated. He also asks that you keep your eyes peeled for Topper, Sudlam Vestra's missing dog. He describes him as a large black dog with a spot of white on his head. Ooh, yes. Oh, he's so cute. Do what you have to to protect yourself, of course, says. But nothing more than waffling those lads up, should it come to that. I hope you can talk some sense into them and avoid the west of it. I hope you find out something about the dog. With that, you bid him farewell and prepare to head off on your rendezvous with the brother's Teldare. Suddenly. As you step outside the inn, you're suddenly approached by a black-bearded man garbed in green and black finery. He begs your pardon for the interruption and asks... If he might have a private word with you. So, somewhere, somewhere a bit more out of the way than this, he says. Just over there. The other side of the wagon would do nicely. It would only take a minute or so. You glance at the cart to which the man referred. Yurif and, ja and Jawid Anuhaf's pair of aging mares stand hitched to the front of the wagon. Their heads bow bowed into a long feed bin. Oh, I can hear what he has to say. Decline or divination first. Divination first. He succeeded. 4x speed to divination. You, ch you channel your power of divination and immediately sense a faint awe of evil surrounding the man. Oh, that would be such a convenient thing to have in real life. Oddly enough, you also sense that he means you no harm. Agree to what he has to say, or decline. Well, let's agree to hear what he has to say. Whether or not I agree to what he asks, that's another question entirely. Let's hear what he has to say. Standing behind Iron Hass Wagon, you listen intently to what the bearded stranger has to say. Without introducing himself, he begins speaking quickly and quietly. I will not be long at what I have to say. He says, I represent someone both powerful and influential. Someone who desires to see a more permanent sort of fix with regards to the brothers you're on your way to see. I'm prepared to pay you 2,000 gold to see it done. You immediately realise the stranger is offering to pay you to kill the Teldares. So I can inquire further 
accept his proposal or rejected our inquire further first. You make several pointed inquiries, but the man refused to say anything more than what he's already told you. There's nothing else to be said. I can't make my objective any clearer. I can assure you, however, that you will never be implicated in anything related to this. That much I can promise you. No, 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 no. No, 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 I already agreed to just rough them up. Unless they've killed their dog, in which case, yep, they're dead, they're dead. Those are the walls, those are the walls. You're the dog, you die. But for now, rejecting the proposal. The bearded man seems put off by, by the instant you reject the proposal to, to kill the Teldare brothers. He immediately asks you to reconsider. That pair isn't worth the space they occupy, he says coldly. There is no risk to you, other than that those ruffians might pose. I would advise you to think carefully on it, so accept or reject, accept or reject. Do I remember? I do get gold, but you can get gold, but you can get gold pretty easily in this game, so. Now, paying someone gold to do something dubious, not really that tempting. Now, if it was adventure tokens, that would be another thing entirely, but it's not. So I'm going to reject, reject the proposal. They've not, they've not, they've not crossed a, they've not crossed a kill them line yet. Not yet. Maybe they would if I don't get them on the straight and narrow, pretty sharpish. Reject their proposal. Your final rejection of the proposed task of killing the Teldare brothers raises the bearded stranger's eye. Then we concluded whatever this was, he grumbles. Without waiting to respond, he turns and makes his way in, into the inn, not once glancing back in your direction. Vowing to put the straight encounter out of your mind, you set out at once for the Teldale's farm. Teldare farm. Eager to find out what lies in store for you, the abode of the troublesome brothers. Situated on the outskirts of Warfoot, next to a lazy stream that meanders along the edge of, an ever of the encroaching evergreen forest, Teldare Farm is at first glance little more than a scattering of dilapidated shacks on an overgrown treeless swath. With your mind ever focused on the task at hand, you cautiously make your way onto the farm. Seeking any sign of the brothers you've come here to to come here to tend to. What, what? Following the sound of voices and the occasional clank of metal, you find your way to a leaning wooden structure that appears to have one time served as a stable. There, inside the large opening where a set of massive doors once stood, stands a rickety wagon. Two young men, presumably Teldare brothers, look up from the broken axle to which they've been attending and step towards you. Well, Matt, is there anything we can do for you, stranger? 
Before you can respond, the broad-shouldered man who addressed you, the left side of his face marked with, marked with a long, jagged scar, introduced himself as Albrock. The other man steps round the wagon. Wagon introduced himself as his brother Eldrin. It's not often that we get visitors up that way. Something you need? Ask Albrog. Oh, I've got quite a few different options here, as I was warned. I could just kill them, straight off. But I said I wouldn't do that, so that's off. Attempt to intimidate the brothers. Attempt to persuade the brothers. Teach the brothers a harsh lesson with my fists. Or ask them about Sildan Vestred's missing dog. Remember, your life depends on whether that dog is alive. And I'm not even joking. The brothers exchange knowing glances when you broach the subject of Sildan's missing dog. Ugh. Sounds like you're trying to accuse us of something, says Eldrin. Producing a long piece of bent iron, grasping it as it was a weapon. I think we ought to show this stranger that we appreciate and expect proper manners up this way. With unexpected swiftness, Albog reaches into the back of the wagon, draws out a square of iron, and hurls the object at you. Alright, this is escalated. Picking a number. Bonus of 39, 20 from agility, 9 from body, 10 from luck. Got to get 75 or more, or I get clonked on the head. Pick now. 127, success. You hop to the side, or I hop above it, and it goes below me, easily dodging the piece of iron. Let's chop it up for the, let's chop it up for the wall, snarls Eldrin, as he and the brother wash at you. Each of them brandishing a length of bent time. Alright, this is the Teldare brothers. I can kill or subdue. Kill or subdue. Kill or subdue. Which do I do? I'm going to subdue. You side stab. The brothers swipe at you with their lengths of iron. They deal with a savage blow for 9 damage. And then 13 damage. But now I'm pulling ahead. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's another plus 3 like most fights are. And they are subdued. Down they fall. Making a huge wacky no doubt. 5 XP. Almost in unison. The brothers... Teldare cry out for mercy, desperate to end the savage frafting, frafting, thrashing that's left them bloodied, battered and dazed. You step back, place your hands on your hips and slowly shake your head. A gesture that seems to send Elbrog into panic. He begins breathing rapidly, his wide eyes focused on your every move. Now I can let them live or I can kill them. Well, I've been not... I've... I've with, I've not killed them three several times so far, so I might as well keep up my keep up my no killing streak. Let them live. Pressing your advantage. 
mentions you demand the brothers end their troublesome ways and stop plaguing the people of Warfoot and elsewhere with their brash, violent mischief. You're somewhat taken aback when, when both Eldrin and Albrook immediately agree to the pointed stipulation. Alright, but will they keep it when I'm not around? Oh, well. They don't know. They don't know I'm going to come back. But eh. it's always something doubtful about that when you you beat someone up, but you're not there most of the time. So whether they're afraid of you doesn't really matter because you're probably on the other side of the kingdom, or maybe not even in the kingdom. You could be in Zarfor. I'm willing to let them off the hook quite so quickly. You continue to berate the pair, excavating them for several of the recent incidents related to you by Yorith. The brothers repeatedly assure you they will no longer inflict themselves upon anyone and will work to make amends for their past transgressions. transgressions. Just as you're about to take your leave of the pair, confident you've made a lasting impression upon them, physical and otherwise, you suddenly recall Sidar Vestred's missing dog, Topper. Well, okay, yeah, I mean, I was asking about that first, but I was so busy beating them up, I kind of forgot about it. Uh, ask about the missing dog, or just go away and leave the dog to its fate. Obviously, I'm going to ask about the dog. As soon as you mention the, mi the missing dog, the colour drains from the battered faces of the brothers. Adabrog immediately stammers an apology, telling you they only took the dog after a dispute about a fence with Sildarn. The brothers are quick to tell you to not hurt and never intended to hurt Topper, and that I'm going to return him at some point. Eldron limps into, limps into the ramshackle structure that serves as their abode, returns a couple of minutes later with a large black dog. Trotting along behind. Yay! The patch of white atop its head, as described for you by Yoref, confirms that it's indeed Sildarm Vester's missing dog, Copper. Who's a good dog? Who's a good dog? You! You are a good dog! And I'm gonna take you home, and you're gonna get so many pets! <laughs> Much to your relief, the dog seemed to have suffered no ill treatment apart from his confinement. After making sure Topper will follow you, you take your leave of the brothers, reminding them one last time about their promise to maiden their troublesome ways. Then, with Topper locking a walk, looping along at your heels, you make your way off Teldare Farm and embark on a somewhat lengthy trek to the neighbouring track, that of Sildarm Vestred. Sildram is overjoyed to have Topper back. The old farmer, which appears to have some sort of difficult, some degree of difficulty moving around, laughs as the large black dog nearly bowls him over as he charges into the small wood and stone abode. The, the white-haired man, whose broad shoulders and thick arms portray a life of rugged toil, invites you in, and you soon find yourself seated at a cluttered slab table, slipping, sipping dangerously hot paleo from a carved wooden mug. 
can't properly tell you what it means to have the old lad lad back, he says, beaming, as he looks over at Topper, who's now curled up by the hearth. It's been just me and Copper for a number of years now. So the Teldares had him. Never thought they'll turn out like they did. Their father would have whipped them if he were about. And nothing but trouble, it seems, and getting worse. Well, hopefully I've put a stop to that. Although I guess I should probably check back in a couple of weeks. Just see how they're doing. You know, and if, and if they, they're slipping, a bit more punching. You know, just to make it clear that, hey, I could come back at any time. Oh, yes. When you tell Sudan that the brothers Teldare will no longer be travelling Warford and its inhabitants, the old man seems surprised. Then you explain to him, leaving out most of the details, your success at convincing the brothers to... Convincing? The brothers mend their ways. After refusing Sidlan's offer to pay you for returning Topper, well, I'm already being paid for one, and no, no. Dogs go back where they belong. That, that's, that's not something, that is something far more precious than gold. You finish your payload, bid him farewell, and set out for Warwood. Eager to return to the village, and put your mission to the farm behind you. As you depart, you glance black towards Sidlan's modest dwelling, there, framed in the doorway from within, by the flickering glow of a well-kept fire, stand the old farmer and his true and only companion. At that moment, you are unable to bring to mind a happier sight, because there is none. At late afternoon, when you finally arrive in Warfoot, it's late afternoon when you finally arrive in Warfoot and make your way to the Wed Gate Inn. Yorf is both pleased and surprised when you relate to him the success of your task at Teldare Farm. When you tell him that, you found and returned Topper to Salam. He's overjoyed. This couldn't have gone any better, he says, grinning. We're rid of the menace. Rid of a menace and a tower and Topper's back with his master. I never let anyone believe all, all this would come to... I never let myself believe all this would come to pass. Thank you. Leaving out most of your details of your encounter with the brothers, you tell him the brothers have been convinced to bend their ways. Cowards are hard, as most of their ilk is, says you, shaking his head. Of course, your reputation was probably known to them. I'm sure that helped them think better of things. Yorif pays you what he promised. That's 500 gold tokens. Well, with any luck, they won't be going back to their old ways, he says, meeting you with a shoulder cross. We can only hope. In the days, weeks and months that follow your visit to the brothers Teldare, the lives of those dwelling in and around Warfoot and surrounding settlements improved significantly. The pool the brothers had cast over the region quickly becomes evident to all. Yurif never, never again speaks with you. In any detail about your excursions at the farm, 
So whenever you visit whenever you visit Redgate Inn and your gaze is managed to cross, the two of you always exchange a knowing look and a quick nod. And that is the end of the adventure called The Brothers. And I get 384 experience to general. Because that was a very short adventure. Alright. Have uh, no new adventures were unlocked by doing that. But I did discover that there is one more there's one more adventure that was unlocked in Eastern Telsa by doing the by doing the Green Giant quest. And that's in and that is in Trollneck. And it's called Big Bad Tree. That's another Oakenstone mask inspired adventure. The living tree, its knotted bark covered face twisted in into a sinister grin, turns to face you, pivoting on its broad base of writhing roots in the centre of the clearing. Alright, gonna fight a big evil tree. Here we go. Be normal or scaled. Another Oakland Stone Mask inspired adventure by VWK. Let us begin. I'll do it normal. And so begins Big, Big Bad Tree. A clear morning in late summer. Not far inside the southern border of Freckwood, a, we a region known as Trollneck. The bloodied corpses of seven bored rangers litter the clearing. The last rangers to stalk to fall, still clutches with the axe with which he defiantly attempted to avenge his brothers in arms. A single blow from the dog snapped his neck and ended his life. Drawn by the sounds of the savage battle, he reached the scene as moments ago to find only two of the rangers standing. Undaunted, Undaunted, you stride into the open swath of forest, determined to bring down the Dromok, a creature whose deadly might has now been laid bare. The living tree, its knotted, bark-covered face twisted into a sinister grin, turns to face you, pivoting, pivoting on on its broad base of writhing roots in the centre of the clearing. Another ranger, roars the Domuk, his deep, rumbling voice, wife with mock surprise. You don't look much like the others, do you? In fact, you don't quite look like much of anything. Puny, insignificant prey. Know that you trespass on the domain. I, Carl Grandfather. Have claimed for a thousand years. Look, you're a tree. You can photosynthesize. You can absorb nutrients from the ground. You don't need to to be a predator. You've got tree powers. The power of being a tree. And that's cool. That's really cool. Why, could you, why couldn't you be more like Tom Brick? 
in Bentley Wood, you know, not be a murderer. Oh, well. Without warning, the Domok wildly lashes out at you with his long, bare, topmost branches, scattering a flock of crows that had alighted on his uppermost breeches. Breeches. You've got your own crows, lucky you. Wait a minute, you have crows and you're still murdering people? Why are you appreciating your crows? Appreciate your crows! Appreciate your crows! Okay? Unless that's why you're murdering people, so you can feed your crows, in which case that's... Okay, that's still, it's still bad, but... It's... 1% understandable, rather than 0%. Picking a number. Bonus of 49. 20 from agility, 19 from woodmanship, 10 from luck. I've got to get 60 or more, or I get or I get lots and lots of bits torn out of me. Pick now. 102 success. You duck under the... Yeah, well, I'm... I duck under the Domuk's sliping limbs by not doing anything because I'm so short and rush into melee range, eager to engage the ancient forest beast and avenge the fallen rangers. It's Kogranthua. It's a bit of a wongan. The mighty Domuk swats at you. I do a special... Alright, keep going. It's nearly done, nearly done. And another special for me. And slain. Is that it? 41 XP. The ancient Domuk staggers back and appears ready to topple over when suddenly the wounds you inflicted upon it begin to rapidly make It can heal! Well, I'll just have to keep bashing it until it runs out of heals. With startling swiftness, the myth the massive living tree reaches down with its broad lower limbs and tears a large rock out of the earth. Karantha grunts wildly as he as he hurls the small boulder at you. Okay. I could dodge it or I could use fortification. If I had shadow magic and it was 60 plus I could use that. And if telekinesis was at 70 plus, I could use that. But those two I can't, so fortification. It succeeded. 16 XP to fortification. You hastily channel your power of fortification. A shimmering field of silver sparkles appears in front of you only a split second before the arrival of the boulder. A massive, the massive chunk of stone slams into your magical barrier is deflected to the white, where it rolls off into the underbrush, shaking the ground as it bounds along. Quantha, the sea of its roots and its base churning wildly, moves swiftly in and attacks, thrashing at you with its mighty limbs. It's called Granthoar again. He squats at you. I think he's getting weaker. Uh, Quickstone scored a 20. Savage blow for 7 damage, another one for 8 damage, and it is slain. 39 XP. As before, just when it seemed that Domok was about to collapse, his wounds begin to mend. You don't 
Just fight me, he snarls. His, his thundering voice echoing throughout the fort trees. You fight the forest that sustains me! With that, the ancient living tree is again upon you, viciously swiping out with its broad lower limbs. It's Karankutra. Begin combat! Swats a two savage blow for 14 damage. I do a special with the quick blows, and it is slain. But is it really slain? 38 XP. Kongranthua wars in agony and slumps down to the centre of the open swath. A series of violent shudders run through the ancient door. As, as several of his thick limbs crack and drop to the ground. With a final grumble, the living tree crumbles into a twitching, splintered heap. The cruel forest giant who ruled this vast, wild domain through abject terror, inspired by his fearsome might and legendary cruelty, is no more. Wiping away the sweat streaming down your brow, you spend several moments recovering from the brutal melee. It takes you the better part of the next hour to properly arrange the bodies of the seven border waiters who fell in battle um, against the ancient Domon. Each man's weapon is laid across his chest and his arms folded over it. You vow, you vow, vow to bear the tidings of their death to the outpost of Stoke Ridge, the nearest base out of which the Tyson's border ranges operate. As you're preparing to respectfully position Position the body of the last man. A folded piece of paper slips out from where it was tucked behind the leather vest. A quick examination of the paper reveals it to be a letter of personal nature to a woman by the name of Jilala in Elfmark. Realising without your help, the letter will never reach its intended recipient. You carefully consider the possible course of action. So, do I deliver the letter or do I leave it with him? Yeah, yeah I think, think I kind of have to keep the letter so it can be delivered. You decide to keep the letter and tuck it safely amongst your other belongings. Having respectfully arranged the bodies of the border rangers, you take one last stroll through the open swath of forest the centre of which is heaped the Donald's remains, pausing over each of the fallen to offer a sign of prayer. At last, eager to report the grim event that unfolded here, you set off on a course that leads you out of the forest and ultimately to a crumbling watchtower perched on a stony wise overlooking the southwest corner of Thetwood, the outpost of Stoke Ridge. Only a small handful of soldiers and border rangers man the outpost of Stoke Ridge. The post commander, an imposing man with a short cropped grizzled beard, listened intently as you relate to him the scene you came upon in Twonek and your battle against the Domuk that killed the seven border rangers. Your countenance in spearsness for nearly a minute. 
The commander thanks you for reporting the deaths of the rangers and commends you for your bravery and skill. Seemingly quite impressed that you were able to face and defeat the fearsome Domrock on your own. There aren't many who would dare to face such a creature, he says, initiating a shot across. Thank you. You detail for the outpost commander where the battle against the Donald took place, where the bodies of the fallen Boulder Rangers are to be found. He tells you that he will see to it that the dead are properly identified and interred, and that their families are notified. You suddenly recall the letter you found, you found with one of the slain Boulder Rangers. So, do I give it to him to deliver? Or do I deliver it myself? No. Hmm. Now, he probably knows them better. So, he would know how to do it more sensitively. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but probably makes more sense. Because it's, it's also, he's presumably a friend. So, presumably, something from his, from his former friend is also... Of, of emotional value to him, so yeah. Alright, give my letter to the commander. You provide the letter you found to the outpost commander. You quick, quickly examine it, examines it and tells you you'll make certain it is delivered to Edmark. The commander insists that you stay the night at the outpost, claiming that the roads in, an, in this region are best travelled in daylight. Safe enough under the sun, but not as safe as one might hope. After dark, he says, with no reason to dispute the sediment, sentiment, you spend the night at Stoutwich, where you enjoy a hearty venison stew and some of the strongest paleo you've ever tasted. Before drifting off to sleep in the old watchtower, you regale the soldiers and border rangers with colourful accounts of your recent travels and adventures throughout the kingdom. And if you want to hear what they were, well, just load up a previous episode. Yes, that will be what they're like. More or less, probably changed slightly. The next morning, just after dawn, you set out from the outpost at Oak Stokebridge. Receiving a fond farewell from the men stationed at the crumbling watchtower overlooking Feckwood's southwest corner. You leave knowing not only will, will the brave rangers who fell, fell in Trollneck be properly tended, but the ancient evil of the Domok Kangranfa is vanquished. A thick blanket of fog that cloaks the woads and conceals much of the surrounding countryside, gradually lifts as the sun rises to its lofty perch. The dim sky brightens as its dull palette of greys and whites is supplanted by a boundless, breathtaking cerulean expanse. As midday approaches, you spot a crossroads ahead. A weathered, a weathered signpost Leaning an awkward angle at the edge of the road, we'll likely hope to determine which of the three new paths you'll follow as you prepare to find your next adventure, wherever your travels take you. And that is the end of the adventure, Big Bad Tree, and you get 
768 experience to general and 64 experience to all skills and powers, which is pretty nice. Pretty nice. And uh, there's another thing here. Nowhere to one. But nah, 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 that, that's enough for now. Let's just save. Is there anything to identify? Nope. Okay, next time. Next time we'll finish off with the Border Rangers Guild. Because Doctor's seen these Border Rangers has reminded me of that. And I think that and we'll do the Nowhere to One as well. Uh, we'll just, we'll see from there. But anyway, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.